Hello, I'm Jerry Stewart. Question, can America lose its greatness? And if so, just how close are we? I believe that there has never been a time in our history when we have been closer to losing our America. What do I mean by that? Well, think about it. Listen carefully as I bring you this short talk. And then do me a favor. Get back with me and let me know what you think. In 1787, when our 13 colonies were still a part of England, a professor, Alexander Tyler, wrote about the fall of great nations. And one nation in particular, the Athenian Republic, that had fallen over 2,000 years before that. Almost prophetically, Dr. Tyler said this, The average age of the world's greatest civilizations has been about 200 years. These nations have progressed through the following sequences. From bondage to spiritual faith. From spiritual faith to great courage. From great courage to liberty. From liberty to abundance. From abundance to selfishness. From selfishness to complacency. From complacency to apathy. From apathy to dependency. And from dependency back to bondage. Now, when I read this nation's fall sequence, I wondered... Is this sequence cycle of greatness true? So I set myself out on a series of studies of great nations in our world's history to see if I could find the truth of the matter. And although some great and powerful nations in history have been overrun by others in military conquests, there are truly some in our world history that have just lost their greatness. Yes, there's genuinely a pattern, a sequence that great nations have gone through in history that have led to their greatness downfall. So, if this historical downfall sequence is a valid historical fact, then the question which we the people must be asking ourselves today is this. Is this statement true for America? And if it is, just where on that sequence of progression is America? And where do I see us? Well, I see us way down the list. Sadly, certainly far down into apathy with so many Americans quite willing to make one step further to become socialistic, independent as a nation. And some sort of bondage is just around the bend. So do you doubt what I'm saying? Does it not make sense to you? Well, what about our America's great leaders in our history? Did they see the possibility, the danger of destruction from the inside? In one speech given by Abraham Lincoln in 1838, 
before he even became our U.S. president. In a speech to a group of young men in Springfield, Illinois, he was quite clear. He told those listening that America will never be destroyed from the outside. If we lose our freedom, it will be because we have destroyed ourselves from within. And what about our founding fathers? What about Jefferson and Franklin, George Washington, and so many of the others who wrote the rules to direct the new and free America? Did they fear that our nation could see its destruction come from the inside? Interestingly enough, this idea of saving, of preserving our America from the inside was actually one thing that our founding fathers spent so much time and effort to warn us about. And they did their best to design our nation's laws and rules in a way that an internal destruction would not, could not happen. But it is. It is happening in America. Right now. Oh, the land will always be here. The buildings, the houses, the roads, the schools. But the heart of America, what those before us have fought and suffered and died for, we are so very close to losing it all. On August the 14th, 1765, a group of men calling themselves the Sons of Liberty gathered in Boston under a large elm tree at the corner of Essex Street and Orange Street to protest the newly enacted British Stamp Act. That tree had become a rallying point, a meeting place, for the growing resistance to the rule of Britain over our American colonies. The Sons of Liberty concluded that protest by lynching two tax collectors in effigy from that elm tree. And from that day forward, that tree became known as the Liberty Tree. It was decorated with banners and lanterns. Assemblies were regularly held under it to express views and to vent emotions. A flagstaff was raised within the tree's branches, and when a yellow marker was placed there, it was a sign that the Sons of Liberty were to meet. When the news of the Liberty Tree spread throughout the colonies, local patriots in each of the 13 colonies formed their own Sons of Liberty group, and they began to identify a large tree in their area or erect a pole to be used as their own meeting place. Now, in those times, holding an unauthorized assembly was dangerous. It carried with it threats of imprisonment or death. But it did not stop those wanting liberty from meeting under those trees. It would not stop the people in their quest for liberty. So, in those years leading up to the Revolutionary War, the British made the Liberty Tree an object of ridicule. British soldiers even tarred and feathered one man and forced him to march in front of the tree. They did this to frighten the people away, to stop their efforts. But the people would not stop in their quest for liberty. And then finally, 
In 1775, a group of British loyalists cut down that tree and the patriots were given an ultimatum. Stop their rebellion or else. But the people would not stop in their quest for liberty. And their liberty? They fought. They paid the price. They won. There was liberty. I recently read some pieces written by Thomas Jefferson all the way back then. And what he said about liberty, the defense of liberty, is frightening. It's prophetic. In defense of liberty, Thomas Jefferson said, I predict future happiness for Americans if they can prevent the government from wasting the labors of the people under the pretense of taking care of them. Wow. In defense of liberty, Thomas Jefferson said, This democracy will cease to exist when you take away from those who are willing to work and give it to those who are not. In defense of liberty, Thomas Jefferson said, My reading of history convinces me that most bad government, get this, most bad government results from too much government. Wow, that sounds way too modern day. In defense of liberty, Thomas Jefferson, all the way back then, said, to compel a man to subsidize with his taxes the propagation of ideas which he disbelieves and abhors is both sinful and tyrannical. In defense of liberty, Thomas Jefferson said, The strongest reason for the people to retain the right to keep and bear arms is, as a last resort, to protect themselves against tyranny in their own government. Today, this day, let us all understand that there is a price to pay for liberty. Let each of us find our own liberty tree here, now, and realize that anything truly worth having comes with it a price. Are you willing to stand beside others? To stand under the tree of liberty and fight in defense of liberty? There are many ways to fight. We don't have to pull out arms and begin shooting folks, but we must stand up. We must vote and voice our opinions and our thoughts. We must join local groups, run for local offices, do everything in our power to get our voices heard. Let us pray for peace. Let us pray for solutions. Let us pray for liberty. But let us take seriously these true and terrifying words spoken from Thomas Jefferson. He said, A government big enough to give you everything you want is a government big enough to take everything you have. Oh God, may it never, never be so. May God bless you. May God bless America.
pass this on, spread the word, encourage people to come and follow the podcast, go over to my YouTube page at Jerry Stewart USA, become a subscriber. It's all free, but it's intended to spread the word, to get our voices out there. I'm Jerry Stewart. See you next time.